This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Farah Siddiqui here with Zach Rizzuto. We are here. We're going to go over everything week five. We still got one more game left for tonight, but there's so much to talk about <laughs> from oh, yeah. Sunday. Uh, a lot of developments. I feel like at, at, the further the season goes along, the more stuff that we have to talk about, the more developments that happen, the more takeaways that we have to continue to improve our fantasy teams, to continue to know who to play, who not to play, who's improving, who's who's not looking that great, uh, which roles are being created, which roles are improving. We're going to go over all that today uh, from week five. Hope everyone is doing well. Hope everyone had a great weekend. Hope everyone enjoyed the games. And uh, yeah, man, let's get right into it. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. You know, Cowboys won again yesterday, so that's kind of my big takeaway from the week. But, um, you know, obviously much more going on in fantasy football, much more important things. Um, Dallas is all defense, so that has nothing to do with fantasy football. But I, I'm there, riding a high. Is there a quarterback controversy in Dallas? I, I don't <laughs> think there's a quarterback controversy until Cooper Rush beats the Eagles. <laughs> uh, that's what I'll say. I, I think that Dak Prescott is clearly the better quarterback, but, you know, you got to ride the hot hand. I think if it comes down to it, it's like any extra week. It's not like Dak is coming back. He's not, it's not like he's sitting on the bench healthy right now. Uh, he's still coming back from that thumb injury. Um, I'd give him as much time as he needs at this point. You know, even if Cooper Rush loses to the Eagles, like I'm not worried about it. That defense is looking good, man. The defense yeah. is definitely looking good. Uh, I mean, they gave me 25 points, you know what I'm saying? Like yesterday, yeah. so I'm, I'm chilling. I, I love the, I love the Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? Um, <laughs> How about your so, Jets? Uh, just, just quick hey, before man. you're gone. How about the Jets, man? You know, the offense looking really two. good. Yeah, that's Three not bad. Two. Actually, uh, the Upper Hand Fantasy Community League that we have, very similar, right? Both me and the Jets went 0-2 to start the year. Right. Uh, but now we're coming in all strong. We're, we're, we're coming in at 3-2 and two after five weeks. So, uh, hey, man, don't doubt us. You're trending in the right direction. You got momentum. No, I, I like the us, Jets. How about... They, they wrote us off, but... You didn't we ain't right back. back. No, and you kept receipts, right? <laughs> keep the receipts. Oh yeah, you gotta keep receipts. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, sure. just Brees Hall, man. You know he's looking awesome. Like, you know it's funny. It. Um, after after the game, uh, Brees Hall was like, you know, I think that he was asked in the locker room, like, hey, like, you know, how good do you guys think you, you know you could be? You guys are looking pretty good, you know, in terms of the rookies, like him and and uh, Sauce is looking good too. Yeah, uh, you know, on the defense, and uh, he was he was telling the reporter, he's like, yeah, you know what? We were talking about this before the game. We were talking about it. We were just like, hey, we're really good. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw that quote. He's like, we're so good or something like we're that. We're so yeah. good, and, and you know, just imagine. And then he kind of like calmed down a little bit. He's like, yeah, you know, just imagine like, you know, they were talking amongst each other. And he yeah. was just like, you know, imagine if we put the work in and continue on this trajectory, like we could be pretty good in this league. So uh, good for him, man. Uh, yeah. You know, this is a situation where I think he's uh, 
he's the overall like RB six or something like that on the year at this yeah. point, which is absolutely insane. Um, you know, if you drafted him, you know, in the fourth round, you know, in, in the beginning, it was looking a little iffy because Michael Carter was getting all the touches and all that. But now, like, you know, he almost had 200 yards, uh, you know, from scrimmage in this game. He almost had. Did he did he end up scoring at all? He ended up scoring he did. one he touchdown. He had one touchdown. But he, he could have had three. Could have had, yeah, he could have had three. I think he was only two yards away uh, from three touchdowns on the day because he got stopped at the one-yard line twice yeah. on two different catches. So uh, it's looking good for him, man. It's looking really good for him. Uh, you know, he's going to be, you know, uh, an every-week start. You know, at this point. So hope 100%. you, you know, we've been talking about buying Brees Hall over the past few weeks. And if you did, I think it's going to work out for you. I, I think you might have been able to spend less if you traded for him than if you drafted him. If you drafted him in yeah. the fourth round. Like if you hit on your fourth round draft pick, right? And you didn't draft Brees Hall and then you ended up trading for him. I think you ended up. I, I think that ended up working out a little bit better. But, you know, obviously it depends on when you trade it for him. If you just trade it for him this, before this past week, obviously the price was a little bit more expensive. But yeah. if you trade it for him after after week two, after week three, um, like we've been talking about, I think I think he made out pretty well. And you're doing just fine if you drafted him too, you know, at this point. As long as it's you true, didn't trade. Because as long as you, he, didn't- you know what? He's been putting up points. Like he's been yeah. putting up double-digit fantasy points since week one. It, it you know, it came it, it, a little bit was luck, right, over the first yeah. couple of weeks. Uh, but then it, it ended Joe up Flacco. turning into opportunity. <laughs> yes, but yeah, no, I mean, he's done really well for you know. As long as you didn't panic sell him, you know. I, mean, I think we told you don't panic sell because the volume was there. Um, yeah. So if you listen to podcasts, you know, you, you you're you're very happy right now. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Um, and, and we'll get to all the other stuff we write about as well. Don't worry. Uh, I'm just kidding. Right. Uh, but <laughs> now we just got our first firing head coach firing of the NFL season for 2022. Matt rule. He has been fired uh, by the Panthers. Uh, he's chilling though, because he is going to be get paid. I think like 600 or $700,000 a month for like the next, like a few years. So he's chilling. <laughs> uh, he's going to get yeah. his money regardless. They owe him all that money. He's going to get it. Uh, but in terms of the Panthers and their offensive playmakers, this can't be bad news, right? Like, we'll see how this offense changes moving forward. Like, it's right. good for DJ Moore. Like, can it be worse? Like, is it good for <laughs> Christian McCaffrey? Yeah. You know, it was already getting better. You know, Christian McCaffrey's seen double-digit targets again this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, you know, Baker Mayfield's hurt. You know, the new head coach, you know, whoever that is, will decide. There's probably going to be interim coach, maybe already on the squad. Um, but they'll, they'll decide. Right, yeah, I think they named somebody already. Um, yeah, Steve Wilkes or something. I think that was the oh, name. Steve Wilkes, oh, yeah, yeah. the guy who was uh, D, uh, David Johnson's the guy who you know who didn't do great things for David Johnson Johnson and his workload, but hopefully it doesn't matter for Christian McCaffrey, <laughs> right, right? Um, but you know, he's gonna decide, you know, whether it's gonna be Baker Mayfield or you know, at this point, PJ Walker. Uh, Baker Mayfield left the game in a boot, he did hurt his, I think it was his foot. Uh, he has a foot injury. So we'll see, you know, how healthy he's going to be. Uh, x-rays were negative. He's going to get an MRI today. Uh, but Sam Darnold, he, I think he's going to be eligible to come off the pup, but he's not ready to play. He, he, his yeah. injury is still there. So it's either going to be PJ Walker or Baker Mayfield in week six. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny because I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think PJ Walker, like he came into the game, like obviously it was garbage time because the Panthers were getting their asses kicked. Yeah. Um, but PJ Walker ended up coming in the game. Like I think he he ended up 
going like six for seven for like 60, 60 70 yards or something, something <laughs> just like, like that, that. Yeah. it was like pretty easy for him uh but yeah um do you think carolina ends up just like trading some of these pieces away like we don't really see a lot of players getting shipped out all the time in these type of situations but it seems like a full rebuild is on at this point uh yeah it feels like they've been in rebuild for a while ever since cam newton left you know that's what it's that's yeah. what it's been and christian mccaffrey's been doing his thing but then christian mccaffrey got injured and it really just exposed how you know, just incompetent <laughs> this Carolina team is right now. Um, Christian McCaffrey looked fine this week, but, um, you know, maybe you don't want to say Christian McCaffrey's a trade candidate. You know, he's doing good right now, but, you know, if they are really invested in a full rebuild, we could see a guy like Christian McCaffrey move or even like a DJ Moore move, which would be awesome. You know, yeah. maybe maybe the Rams should do just Allen Robinson for DJ Moore straight up. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, but um, that would be awesome. Yeah, because... <laughs> You know, it's such – it's like purgatory for fantasy football outside of Christian McCaffrey. Nobody's doing anything awesome. Um, hopefully, you know, sometimes we see head coaches get fired and then there's a little bit of a spark on offense. You know, suddenly yeah. things turn around a little bit. Even if it's just for a couple of weeks, you know, we could see DJ Moore have a bit of a resurgence. But that's all speculative because, you know, mm-hmm. this offense is still the same as it was. Um, hopefully, the firing does a little bit. Lights a fire under their ass. And, and they can get moving a little bit for fantasy football. But I wouldn't have hopes too high. Unless you have Christian McCaffrey or DJ Moore, you know, don't expect anybody else to jump off the stat sheet. Yeah, 100%. Um, all right, let's move on to the Seahawks. Rashad Penny, he seemed to have fractured. He seemed to have fractured his tibia. Um, yeah. They're going to confirm that today, but he'll likely need surgery. That would mean he's out for the season. So best wishes to him. But now the rookie Kenneth Walker is going to take over that early down role. And now that this offense is good, <laughs> yeah. right? And now that this offense is fast, a very talented running back like Walker can do big things this year. So this is a situation where if you've been saving up all your fab, you got to go all in at this point. You're obviously spending more than 50%. But listen, if it was me, I'm dropping it all. I'm dropping it all on Kenneth Walker this week if he's available in your league. Yeah. You know, we spoke about Kenneth Walker last week on our waiver wire show. As someone who you need to have stash for this very reason. All right. So yeah. if I'm if if I need a running back, if I don't need a running back, Rashad, like not Rashad Penny, Kenneth Walker is someone that you need to drop that bag on this week. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, you look at Kenneth Walker. If Rashad Penny could do fine, then Kenneth Walker can obviously do fine. And I'd argue that, you know, Kenneth Walker looks a bit more explosive than Rashad Penny. And like we said, we talked about Seattle, you know, being a faster offense. Um, I think that Kenneth Walker's skill set's a little bit more dynamic, a little bit more all-encompassing than Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny could run, but he wasn't much of a pass catcher. Kenneth Walker, you know, he he's kind of the full package. We obviously have to see how that talent's going to play out in the Seattle offense, but you're 100% right when you say that you need to drop all of your fab if you have it. Um, if, you, if you're one of somebody that's been picking up players left and right for cheap, you know, you might be down at 70%. You might not even have a shot at Kenneth Walker if other people yeah. are dropping the, dropping the whole thing on him. Um, I've saved up a lot of my fab. So, unfortunately, he's not on the wire in a lot of my leagues. So, I'm not going to be able to get him. But, absolutely, this is, you know, a gift from the fantasy gods. In the, It's like a backhand gift from the fantasy gods. The fantasy gods giveth Kenneth Walker. They taketh away Rashad Penny. Um, Kenneth Walker, he can be now a league winner as long as he can be healthy, you know. Um, just on his own without even, without even seeing much from him. I think we could call him a league winner because this is an auto start RB2 with plenty of upside. 100%. He is a league winner candidate, uh, no doubt about it, because if you're getting him off the waiver wire, 
that's that's a definition of somebody who can be a, a, a league winner. If you've seen our rookie draft kit in the offseason, Kenneth Walker was my favorite runner in this class. Uh, Brees Hall was the best overall running back, but the best runner was Kenneth Walker. Um, he doesn't have much of a receiving profile. He was hardly used in the past game in college. Usually, that's an indication of your ability. Uh, not always, but usually. Uh, but either way, mm-hmm. he has a, a, a good chance of being a very special runner, and that's what I've called him on multiple occasions this offseason. Um, that big run that you saw yesterday from Walker, that's something that he was doing all year for Michigan State multiple times last year. Yeah, so the, he's somebody that, you know, can be very special with, with the opportunity that he's given. And did that remind you at all of Rashad Penny, <laughs> you know, breaking off a long right. run just on the, on the offense? You know, the offense is clicking, firing all, on all cylinders. You know, DK Metcalf had a touchdown. Tyler Lockett had two. But still Rashad Penny would be finding ways to score like that. Kenneth Walker did the same thing. So this could be a situation where it's very similar um, production. You know, and that's like the baseline right now. Like I said, I think the upside is a little bit higher than even Rashad Penny. Yeah, and real quick, just to kind of reiterate how good he was in college, out of all power five backs last year with at least 200 carries, he was number one in forced missed tackles per attempt. Uh, He made a guy miss on 34% of his rushing attempts, which is absolutely insane. He was number one in yards after contact per attempt among those same running backs. So he's that dude, okay? And, you know, remember, Brees Hall is is part of this conversation here, right? He's part of this sample size. Uh, And it was Kenneth Walker who was number one uh, among all those running backs uh, among Power 5 schools. So, you know, if he's available, like I said, just drop all your fab. I understand that it's it's risky. You want some fab to play with later on in the season. Don't worry about it. You know, this is this is an opportunity that you have. If he's on your waiver wire, just go get him. 100%. Okay. All right. Moving on to the to the Dolphins real quick. Tyreek Hill, uh, he was in a walking boot after the game. Uh, he got stepped on, apparently. No word on the exact severity. Uh, no word on the exact injury. It, it is a foot injury. Um, we'll keep an eye on that, but it doesn't seem to be too serious as of right now. Um, right. what, what did you think uh, of the Dolphins and that whole Teddy Bridgewater situation? Obviously, you know, Bridgewater, you know, he came in his first snap. He got hit. Right. And yeah. uh, he was he showed concussion like symptoms. Uh, he actually passed a concussion protocol within the game. But based on the new rules set up between the NFL and the NFL Players Association, if you're showing signs of concussion um, visibly, then you can't come back into the game. So from now on, most likely, uh, if your player gets hit, they're showing any signs of, of a concussion and they're not like hopping back up to their feet, most likely they're going to be out for the game. Yeah. So the new rule kind of makes it a death sentence. You know, if they're even, yeah. even, you know, they were pulling, they would pull players out of the game without them even showing symptoms. You know, if they had like a head to head collision or something like that, that wasn't necessarily called. Um, they did that a couple of times. So, you know, you got to keep an eye on that. We might be seeing more players pulled out of single games just for that reason. Um, that remains to be seen. It looks like they're being super cautious now with it after the whole saga there in, in Miami and Tua. But when I'm looking at the Dolphins receivers, I think that they could be looking at a week or two, you know, just kind of in the doghouse. Um, you know, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, they're clearly very talented. We know Tyreek Hill might be a little banged up, assuming he, he'll be okay um, right now. We'll see how things shake out. It's going to be hard to overcome another week of third-string QB play if that's the case. You know, we don't know if Teddy Bridgewater is going to be cleared. We know pretty confidently that Tua might not be ready for this week. So Skylar Thompson, the guy that they had in there, he played like a seventh-round rookie. And any more weeks with him under center, it's going to severely limit the production of Waddle and Hill. Um, 
they, they, you know, they were catching passes, but they weren't getting much going offensively. Uh, it was just an off day overall for the offense because, you know, it's Skylar Thompson at quarterback. Um, but I would buckle up. It's going to be a bumpy ride for the Dolphins receivers, um, maybe for the next two weeks. Don't lose hope. Don't worry about, like, selling them off, you know. Once any starting quarterback comes back, whether that's Bridgewater or Tua coming back, once they come back, they'll be fine. But I'm looking at a pretty rough ride for fantasy owners these next this next week or two. Yeah, I, I think Teddy Bridgewater has a decent chance of potentially returning this week. I mean, you know, they, they he passed a concussion protocol during the game. So I think that's going to allow him to be able to play uh, in week six. I would assume that. If he left the, he left the game without passing the concussion protocol, then you're, you're kind of up in the air. Um, but it, it seems to me, I'm not, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> yeah. I'm not an independent neurologist or anything like that. But it seems to me like, if I had to guess, I think he would play. Um, so hopefully... Those all that all those fantasy points start to show up uh, in week yep. six. Uh, Chris Olave he himself suffered a nasty looking concussion uh, during a touchdown catch. So if you if you haven't seen it, he caught a touchdown. He landed very awkwardly, like you know, and his head neck area kind of bounced up a little bit. So uh, it didn't look good. Um, he ended no. up not controlling the ball all the way to the ground, and it was initially ruled incomplete. Um, the Saints challenged and actually they actually ruled it a touchdown. So the dude got it done for you, you know, before he left the ga- game with a concussion on the play that he got a concussion on. Uh, and it's funny because as he was walking off the field, he was putting his arms up in the air, mm-hmm. like telling everyone that it was a touchdown. Uh, yeah. and, and his team challenged it and he and they won it. So, you know, you got to keep an eye on his status this week um, as he goes through the concussion protocol. I think this is his first concussion like documented concussion. So uh, it is possible that um, he's back in week six, but just keep an eye on that. Uh, the dude is looking good. By the way, Chris Olave right now, he's the overall wide receiver 13 on the year. He is less than one point off of Jamar Chase as yeah. of right now. Now, Chris Olave looks like the real deal, and I can't say that I didn't see it coming. I said that he was going to be a pretty good receiver in the offseason. I'm going to keep doing that victory lap every time we talk about him. But yeah, even before the injury, he was looking like a big piece, uh, a really you know prominent piece in this Saints offense, even with Taysom Hill doing his thing. And Alvin Kamara had that resurgent game that you know you were calling for. So even with them producing, you know, granted it was Andy Dalton at quarterback, so they might have just been getting the ball in the hands of their playmakers. We know Taysom Hill can do that. But it seems like Chris Olave is going to be a big part of the offense as long as he's on the field and definitely worth starting, I'd say, as a wide receiver, too, at this point. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, might as well, you know, talk about Kamara now. Um, he he yeah. definitely, you know, had a big bounce back. Finally, it's good to see him doing the type of things that he, we're used to. Um, you know, and like like you mentioned, like we did talk about buying him right over the last mm-hmm. like three weeks. Uh, and he's back, you know, 23 carries for 103 yards, six catches for 91 yards. This is the Alvin Kamara that we're used to. Um, and I'm hoping that this continues. And if you bought him, you probably bought him at a pretty nice price. And if yep. this is the type of opportunity that he's going to get, like, forget about the catches for a second. Just the 23 carries, he's getting all that volume, right? And mm-hmm. uh, the catches is what he's really known for. And the fact that he was able to take it for 91 yards, you know, and that one of those catches was a really big play. And it just, like, looked like Alvin Kamara in the open field. And mm-hmm. that's what you want to see. So I, I was glad to see that from Kamara. And, you know, hopefully you were able to buy uh, buy him on the day. De- yeah, I was I was worried about Alvin Kamara. You know, I, I'm I'm a little bit quieter about you know hating on Alvin Kamara right now after this performance because he did have 23 PPR points, 
even without a touchdown. So that's also good news. You know, if he scores a touchdown on that day, if Taysom Hill doesn't score, what was it, four total touchdowns on the day? You know, <laughs> Alvin yep, Kamara yep. might have a better day. But I, I, I'm saying this was a very different offense than I think I've seen so far this season, even with Andy Dalton under center. Um, it was a lot of Taysom Hill, like we said. Um, it'll be interesting to see how this offense changes once maybe Jameis Winston comes back or just in general moving forward. I want to see this kind of usage again. If I see a good amount of usage, like we said about this week, 23 carries, anything close to 20 carries and a few targets, you know, then I'll be back on the Alvin Kamara train. But right now I'm still a little hesitant. Uh, I'll give it to you. You did say that this was coming. So, you know. Well, listen, on the, back the, that. the train's leaving and you got to get on now or don't get on at all. All right. I'm just yeah. all I'm going to say. Uh, <laughs> yet another concussion, Pat Frymouth, right? It's possible that he misses next week, given he had two concussions within a few weeks of each other last year, late last year, but we'll see. Make sure that you grab another tight end this week. And maybe that tight end that you grab is someone that you just mentioned, Taysom Hill, right? Maybe you've been grabbed him, right? That would have been the smart thing to do if you didn't know who to start, right? You know, mm-hmm. if you had no tight end, you're like, who, who the hell do I start? Right. And Taysom Hill was sitting there. You're like, all right, whatever. I'm going to throw him in my lineup. The dude ran three touchdowns in, like you mentioned, one of which was a 60 yarder. <laughs> he had 112 yeah. rushing yards. Um, and he even threw a touchdown to Adam Troutman. So four total touchdowns. And uh, he has a tight end designation uh, in on most platforms. Um, we'll see if that ends up changing. Like I can totally see ESPN saying like, hey, we got to change his his designation this week to either quarterback or running back. Um, yeah. But un- until then. He is a tight end with a floor of zero and has obvious upside, especially when Jameis misses or is banged up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting because it seems like Taysom Hill's always walking the fine line. You know, are we going to finally change his designation as a position? You know, because if he has a big game like this, it's like, okay, this is a little unfair having this at the tight end position. Right. But then right, you right. look at the other, he, he goes like five or six games of doing nothing, like we said. He hits that floor every week for five weeks. And it's like, okay, that makes sense. That's why he's a tight end. Because <laughs> you can't have that as a quarterback. You know, it's just, it's well, tough. you know, and what ESPN's justification last year was where he was lining up. Okay. Yeah. So in yesterday's game, uh, he had 23 snaps. He was either in line or lined up as a receiver for only eight of those 23 snaps. So he had yeah. 11 quarterback snaps and six backfield snaps. And these were his first backfield snaps all year. Mm-hmm. So ESPN can easily use that as justification to change his designation. For everybody yeah. who has Taysom Hill who has no tight end right now, <laughs> right? They're hoping that doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, and if you need a tight end, you're kind of hoping that you can grab him on waivers, right? Uh, because it is possible that Jameis misses another week, maybe. And even if he doesn't, who knows? Maybe they continue to use him ha- as they were. Remember, Taysom was banged up to start the year. Uh, he was injured, so they couldn't really use him. So it seems mm-hmm. like he's fully healthy now at this point. I think that's safe to say. Um, but yeah. All right, let's get into uh, some more injuries, man. Damian Harris, he suffered a hamstring injury. That, that led to Ramondre Stevenson getting 25 carries. He went on to run for 161 yards. Uh, Stevenson was already a three-down back, but he was sharing that early down role with Harris. And now if Harris misses any time, Stevenson has 20-plus touch upside every single week uh, while he's out. Um, he's already proved to be one of the best running back values uh, in fantasy drafts, right? We thought that maybe... Uh, who was it? You know, Rashad Penny was a decent value. He only gave you like maybe one or two weeks, though, mm-hmm. uh, worth of, of and maybe if you started him or not. Right. At least Stevenson, yeah. we knew that we were going to be starting him. Right. Yeah. At least like after like week week one or week two. Um, and then, you know, the other guy, Chase Edmonds, 
right? Like he's he's nowhere to be found at this point. Um, mm-hmm. we'll, and we'll get into that backfield in a little bit with with Raheem Mostert clearly taking over that backfield. But Stevenson, you know, looking like an every week start at this point. Uh, he was already an every week RB two. But if Damian Harris misses, he's going to be borderline RB one. Yeah, and that's exactly how we should be treating him moving forward. You know, even before. Damian Harris was injured. We knew that the workload was going to be there. And he's actually, you know, kind of overtaking Damian Harris, even on the ground. You know, we expected him to be the guy through the air. He was overtaking Damian Harris even last week um, on the ground. So this is only good news for Ramondre Stevenson owners. Um, obviously, sucks to see Damian Harris go down. But like you said, Stevenson, he should be. I think he's a low RB1, especially with, yeah. you know, their Patriots in limbo at QB. As long as there's Bailey Zapp starting, you know, or Zappy, however you pronounce his last name. Um, you know, I, I think we're looking at, and we, we talked about it heading into the week, you know, the, the Patriots running backs were, you know, screaming starts because they're going to be leaned on heavily. And you saw that with Ramondre Stevenson, 161 yards on the ground, which is really awesome production. I think, um, I wasn't sure what he had in him, 25 carries. I think 161 was really impressive on the ground. So yeah, I, I'd start him with confidence. You know, I think that him at RB2 is fantastic, you know, these next few weeks, as long as it's Damian Harris doesn't play because, and even as an RB1, you know, you're not as happy with him as your RB1, but if he's what you got, you know, I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, I have a league. I have a couple leagues with Ramondre Stevenson because he was one of my main targets. Um, I have Christian McCaffrey and him in one of my leagues, and I'm pretty happy about it. Yeah. Um, it's funny. Uh, Bill Belichick had a quote um, this morning about Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, he, this, is, this is what he said. He said, quote, unquote, I'm so glad we have him. Love him. Yeah. Love him. He said, love him twice. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, someone asked him, one of the reporters asked him how much confidence he has in Ramondre Stevenson as a three down running back. And he said, as much confidence as you could possibly have. So he has Bill Belichick's heart. Yeah. Uh, and that's all we need at this point for Ramondre Stevenson. He looks good, man. Like this entire year, he has looked good. He's looked, he has looked great after contact. He's picking the right holes. He just looks like a pretty good running back. And by the way, I just want to say something, okay? If you saw my rookie running back rankings coming into 2021 when Stevenson was a rookie, you should go take a look at how high I had him ranked, okay? Nobody was talking about Ramondre Stevenson, okay? Just wanted to let you guys know. Uh, this is the show where I'm going to continue to humble brag forever. If you listen to the <laughs> Upper Hand Fantasy Show, you better get used to it, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm going to be – there's a couple spots – here uh, that we have planned where I will be taking some L's. No doubt about it, man. Allen Robinson. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm taking an L on him. You better drop his ass right now. Elijah Moore, another L. Uh, you know, listen, he's a great wide receiver. The thing with Allen Robinson, he might be washed at this point. Elijah Moore yeah. is not washed. Elijah Moore is very talented, but at this point, mm-hmm. it's been five weeks. What are you going to do? Right? Yeah. You can drop him if you need to. If you need to drop him, drop him. I have a feeling that he's going to pop off at some point. He's going to have some big games at some point. When is that going to happen? Who knows? Can he take up a bench spot for me? If I have like six bench spots or more, I want to have Elijah Moore on my bench for the future. But I get it. You know, sometimes bench space is is tight. You got a bunch of injured players. I get it. You got to move on. You got to move on. You got to do what you got to do. I understand. Yeah. All right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Moving on to some more running back. Oh, James Conner. I'll take that L, too. I mean, shit. Like, he hasn't been doing his thing either. I was James big Conner, on him, too. Yeah. Listen, man. This dude, he can't stop getting hurt, man. You know, and listen, I, I hate to label players injury-prone, but the dude had, like, four injuries already. Four or five different injuries already in the first five weeks of the season. He, he yeah. hurt his ribs this time. It, it might not be serious. You know, if he doesn't have cartilage issues, he could potentially be back in week six. But you don't want him to keep leaving games. Right, he was on his way to a pretty good game. Uh, he was on his way to a great workload, but you know, Daryl Williams also he got banged up with a knee injury. So if Connor ends up missing this game uh, in Week Six, I think you know Benjamin, you know, might end up being the clear play from this backfield. So you know, hopefully mm-hmm. we get some more details on both uh, Connor's injury and Damian. Uh, I'm sorry, Daryl Williams' uh, knee injury. If we get more details on that, we'll know what to do in Week Six. But for now, I think you know Benjamin is a solid waiver wire pickup at this point. Yeah, I think that's fair. And, you know, even, you know, you talk about taking the L on James Conner. You know, I was kind of big on him, too. So Uh, far. I mean, he could come through. It's not a serious injury or anything like that. He could eventually come through. You know, DeAndre Hopkins is going to come back. All of that. Yeah. You know, so I I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah, the Cardinals offense can get better. Um, It's just interesting because James Conner hasn't had, you know, he hasn't enjoyed the touchdowns that, you know, that he had last season. And we knew that regression was coming. But I think it's hitting a little bit harder than we anticipated because the Cardinals' offense has not been that good. Uh, he has one one touchdown total, I think, think through five weeks, and that's not at all what I expected from James Conner. Even you know, in a Cardinals' offense that's not playing very well, I thought he'd have at least a couple more shots at the goal line, and I think he would have cashed in a little bit more than he has. Um, he's produced, you know, it's it's been mediocre. It hasn't been bad, but it, it hasn't been what we want him to be. Especially, you know, we thought grabbing him in the third round was like. Uh, super steel and he, he hasn't been that so far so I, I i'm not afraid of having james Conner in my lineup going forward but i'm hoping that something comes through maybe uh like you said deandre hopkins coming back uh will rejuvenate the cardinals offense and maybe overcome cliff kingsbury <laughs> yeah i mean the cardinals offense has looked not like i would say you know out of out of 10 like 10 being their potential with Cliff, so like I'm not saying what their overall potential is because yeah. Cliff Kingsbury puts a ceiling on that potential. Yeah. Uh, but I'm saying with Cl- Cliff Kingsbury, I feel like this offense is running six, six and a half, where yeah. you know it could be at a near a 10, and that's where they were at some points last season. We saw it, yes. right? We even saw it a lot of times in 2000 in 2020, too. Like it wasn't even just last year, so you know, those flashes are going to be there. Kyle is going to be able to play better, and you know, might as well let's hit on. Hollywood Brown, dude, like real mm-hmm. quick, you know, and oh, and just kind of, you know, just want to close it out on James Conner. Like, you don't have to start him if you don't want to, um, but I think he's still going to end up being in my top 24 running back rankings most weeks. And he was on his way to a decent game. Like, you know, Philly is no is is no slouch, but he was averaging more than six yards of carry before he before he left the game. Yeah, you know, it's one of those situations where you know you can probably buy him low. People are done with James Conner. 
Okay. Yeah. So you can actually buy him low just because of how cheap he is, right? That's really what it comes down to, um, of how cheap he is. Like he might not be an RB one every week, but he'll be a solid RB two, and he'll be better than what he is right now. Um, yeah. But uh, Hollywood Brown, by the way, Hollywood Brown is that dude. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if you guys Absolutely. knew this. <laughs> I don't know if you guys knew this, but Hollywood Brown is that dude. Seen double digit targets in I think week one he didn't see double digit targets, but. Everyone. He's seen double digit targets. Okay. Yeah. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, he's eligible to be back in. So, one more week without DeAndre Hopkins. As soon as that blurb goes out on DeAndre Hopkins making his way back and practicing, whatever, I'm sending offers for Hollywood while people think that he can only do what he's doing now because Hopkins is out. Yeah. Right? He's the overall wide receiver five right now. And this is, this is with all the defensive attention on him. So when Mind Hopkins that. is back, I think he's going to continue to kill it, and there will be, there will be more potential for big plays. Um, he's playing more of a possession receiver role right now, and, and I think they end up sending him deep way more oh, yeah. when Hopkins is back. A.J. Green, I think he's going to be off the field. It's going to be Hopkins on the left, Hollywood on the right perimeter, Rondell Moore in the slot. That, I think that's going to be their main thing. If they end up going 10 personnel, I can see A.J. Green playing a bit – playing a big slot role, but that might end up meaning that Zachers has to come off the field. And I don't think they're going to do that. So I think it's yeah. going to be Hopkins, Zacherts, Rondell Moore, Hollywood Brown. And that's when that offense is going to reach its potential. Yeah. And we're seeing the Oklahoma connection. I think you don't want to chalk it all up to that, but it's, look, it's looking like, you know, the old pitching catch between Kyler Murray and Marquise Brown. I I love Marquise Brown's talent. I, I think he's going to be even better, like you said, with DeAndre Hopkins coming back. Not maybe necessarily from a consistency standpoint, but from, you know, upside. I think that actually moves his upside even higher than it is right now. Um, but Kyler Murray seems to be looking his way early and often. Um, and, that, and we were a little leery of it after the first week. You know, he only got six targets and four receptions, but he followed that up with 11 targets in week two, 17-3, 11-4, and then double digits again. Just barely, but 10 targets, you know, week five against Philadelphia. In a game where, again, you know, he's producing despite the offense looking out of sorts and just out of sync. And it's not at the ceiling. We just talked about it being like the six, six and a half. Imagine when this offense, if this offense can take it up to an eight, you know, Marquise Brown could really be just like one of the steals. I I forget where he was going exactly in drafts uh, heading into the season. I think he was going in the fourth round, something like that. Either way, you know, he's... Fourth round, fifth round, third round, even, you know, he's looking like everything that you drafted him to be in more. 100%, man. 100%. Um, I, I was able to grab him in a couple of leagues too. I was just excited for his potential on this offense. I just feel like he was, it was just a bit understated. Also, you go back yeah. to the whole thing, and we'll touch on this a couple times on, on this episode. High target share earners continue to earn high targets. <laughs> yeah. And he was one of those high target share guys in Baltimore. It just so happens that they didn't run a lot of plays, passing plays, right? In yeah. Baltimore, that was his issue, right? And, you know, he's just going to continue to earn those targets on an offense that passes a lot and pa- and runs a lot of plays. Yeah. And, was, and Marquise, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, fantasy doesn't have to be hard. No, it does not. But Marquise Brown, you know, this this is compl- a little bit off, off uh, topic, but, you know, you look... We saw the big acquisition for a first-round pick was A.J. Brown during a draft, but I think Marquise Brown was also traded on draft night for a first-round pick. Yep. So he, he's been an underrated acquisition. You know, you look at it from that point, you know, everyone talks about A.J. Brown being a big um, acquisition, but Marquise Brown, you know, he, he was 
people might have been a little bit leery. You know, oh, they traded for Marquise Brown a first round pick. It was he's looking like he was worth it. One hundred percent. One hundred percent, dude. One hundred percent. Um, and now with AJ Green back, Rondell Moore, he's back in the slot, right? He didn't play yeah. in the slot primarily last week with AJ Brown out. Now he's back in the slot. Seven catches, sixty-eight yards, eight targets. Uh, you know, he's a PPR wide receiver three at this point. Um, he ran a route on ninety-three percent of Kyler Murray's dropbacks. That was more than AJ Green. Um, you know, Greg Dortch, he ran a total of two routes, so he can be dropped. Uh, he's basically a one-for-one replacement for Rondell Moore. So in games yeah. that Rondell Moore doesn't play, you can throw in Dortch and he can be a PPR wide receiver three for you. Yeah, I think that's fair. Not much else to say on Greg Dortch, at least for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad we don't have to spend that much time talking about him. <laughs> um, let's see. Raheem Mostert continues to have a full control of this backfield. 69% of snaps, 20 opportunities. Uh, he's now in every week RB2 um with upside you know most yeah. you know he doesn't have the best track record to stay healthy um he doesn't he he might be end up nearing his career season totals in touches you know in a couple of weeks if this continues yeah. um you know i can understand dropping chase edmonds um but you might end up looking to pick him up relatively soon you know as like a stash because if if most does end up getting hurt or whatever chase edmonds is going to probably go right back into this role that that uh, Mostert has. Um, one interesting thing was that Miles Gaskin, uh, he made an appearance in this game. Yeah. Uh, maybe because they were down, but that's not a great sign. Like you would hope that is just Edmonds and Mostert, not yeah. a, third, a third back just like popping out of nowhere, be like, hey, what's up, guys? Like, no, <laughs> we don't want that. Um, and that makes me a little leery that Chase Edmonds would be like – clearing like an every down guy maybe goskin would end up having some snaps there but uh we'll see he did end right. up out touching chase edmonds in this game so something to keep an eye on um but yeah anyway raheem Mostert, he's that dude he should be in your lineup pretty much every single week you know he's an rb2 solid rb2 yeah. at this point uh 20 opportunities and he scored did he scored twice in this game i think it was just I think, once i think it was just once okay gotcha yeah. gotcha but no he did he looks good he looks good. Especially with, um, you know, the Dolphins having trouble at quarterback. You know, they're going to be probably relying on that run game a lot more than maybe they would with Tua or Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. Um, yeah, I, I would ch- I would drop Chase Edmonds at this point, you know. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> That's uh, unless, unless, like, you have a six-man six bench or more yeah. and there's not – and all you're going to be doing is, is rostering handcuffs anyway. Like, sure, yeah, he's one of those guys. But he's not a necessary hold at this point. Yeah, I agree. Gabe Davis doing his best Randy Moss impression. Caught yeah. three balls, 171 yards, two touchdowns. One of them super early in the game. First touchdown of, of Sunday, 98-yard bomb yeah. from Josh Allen. Backed into his own end zone. Amazing play right there. Uh, his second touchdown was almost even more impressive. I would say it's even more impressive for Gabe Davis, at mm-hmm. least. A one-handed catch. The other hand kind of like locked with Micah Fitzpatrick, who was right in coverage with him. Yeah. Uh, so... Listen, we talked about buying Gabe Davis low last week, right? And if you bought him low last week, you were going to play him this week, right? Like there, there would yeah. be no point of buying him low and then not playing him this week. So if you bought him low, we talked about him in our buy-sell show last Wednesday, and you played him this week, you probably won. Yeah. And guess what? Now we sell. It's called <laughs> fantasy arbitrage, okay? Yes. 
You buy them when they're <laughs> low, you sell them when they're high. Okay. The dude, he still only saw like 18% target share. <laughs> he hasn't yeah. crossed the 20% mark. So, uh, so yeah. Did you start him where you had him? Because I know you were high on him. Oh, yeah. Into late. Yeah. Oh, I okay, good. I've been God. starting the whole time waiting for this performance. I've <laughs> just been chomping at the bit for this performance. And I'm going to, you know, I'm very happy that it worked out, but I'm not expecting this type of performance on a weekly basis. I wouldn't even say on a monthly basis because it's taken this long for this performance to come. Um, We've been talking about the whole time on the podcast these past few weeks. You look at Gabe Davis's, you, Gabe Davis's usage this entire season. He's yet to top more than six targets in a single contest. He has no more than four catches in any game either. And you were happy, you know, if Davis caught no more passes the rest of the day after that 98-yard touchdown, you know, because he doubled his season total on fantasy points on that one play. And it's like, okay, if he doesn't catch any more passes, I'm not going to be that hurt, but let's see what he can do for his upside. Then he turns around and catches another 60-yard touchdown. He has 30 points before halftime. You're like, Oh my God, we're swimming in fantasy points. And you want to see what's coming out in the second half. Um, you probably had your expectations tempered a little bit because the Bills were already up big. But he did catch one more ball and it, just a little cherry on top. You know, 32 point performance it was, I think, for Gabe Davis. Um, the numbers didn't climb much outside of that, which, you know, is just a testament to his boom bust potential. And he hit, he boomed this week. But we talked about his underlying usage not being very good. And that was kind of reminiscent of that. He's arguably, I think, the biggest boom-bust player in the league, um, but you're happy if you took our advice to buy low last week. And you said it. It, it wasn't just because it, we're expecting this production to continue week in and week out, but it's just because of the ceiling that's there. You got him on the cheap last week if you did buy him. Um, that's my rant on Gabe Davis. You know, it was great, but I'm not expecting this to continue. But you see the upside that he has. He can win you your week pretty much single-handedly um, when he hits. 100%, man. And, you know, it's, it's funny because – you know, if, if you just was were able to buy him, you basically bought a W, and that yeah. itself is just worth it. Just getting yeah. a win is just worth it. And now you can sell him and then get some more out of it. Yeah. Good luck. Now, um, imagine imagine he follows us up with another big performance. Then people might be calling him a wide receiver too, and you could really just, you know, ship him out. And go get some go get some big players. But so are, point, are you are you waiting on selling? Because I yeah. I don't know, man. That's risky. Are you? You're, yeah. you're going is, for it, huh? This is the thing. <laughs> it, it, I'm waiting on selling. I want to see if he goes any higher. Because if you don't, then worst case scenario, if you if you don't sell him, you hold him, and he has a bad week, then worst case scenario is just back to the boom bust. You know, and he's so, going to win you arguably. I, I I'd say I'm expecting him to have two more at least two or three more big performances this year. As we yeah, get towards playoff time, I could see it. So maybe maybe it's not the best time to sell because he does have a narrative around him at this point, right? And it's like, yeah. well, people were kind of expecting it. So if anyone's buying off of this big performance, yeah, they're probably really desperate. You're, yeah, or you're, you're kind of assuming that people are naive to buy, just buy, you know. This, oh, you know, listen, man, I yeah. assume people are naive, man. Like, <laughs> I really do. Like, maybe not in our leagues like we play with, like, you know, with a bunch of people who are, like, on it. Yeah. But, like, a lot of people play in leagues where they could really take advantage and sometimes yeah, people's emotions and all of that right it happens all the time yeah uh, but, uh, different uh, oh yeah <laughs> exactly exactly um listen my guy khalil shakir coming through three catches yeah. himself for 75 yards and a touchdown the dude is good at football all right uh but that being said isaiah mckenzie likely back next week uh shakir i don't think he's gonna be much of a factor unless the coaches you know really like him enough to have him split time with McKenzie. But uh, it's good to know that, you know, he can come through when he's given the opportunity. This was his first, you know, game where he got the full-time opportunity. He came through. So this is a really good sign for him and his career, just an overall dynasty perspective. 
Yeah, I think he kind of has room to move up, you know, even on the Bills. And, yeah. and this is just completely, you know, we're just prospecting at this point and try, trying to figure out, projecting how this could shake out. But, you know, outside of Stephon Diggs and even Gabe Davis, you know, who is there? You know, I'm not sure how attached are going to be to Isaiah McKenzie. If they look and they have Khalil Shakir, I might, you know, and they're not, they didn't sign Isaiah McKenzie. It's not like they paid him all this money. He's not a very expensive asset. But, you know, in any case, you know, Khalil Shakir, I think on the Bills, he's there for the next four years. I think right yeah. on his rookie contract. Mm-hmm. So yep, you can see him pop up, I think, in year three. You know, I, I, as long as Isaiah McKenzie's there. But Well, listen, it, I think it could happen as soon as next year. You know, because yeah. I, 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 I don't – I can see him going through a full offseason program and potentially winning that job. Yeah, I, I guess you know? it's true. I, I don't want to bet against him, you know. Yeah. But I, I'm just saying, you know, the guys that they have right now are pretty they're, – they're pretty talented. You know, he yeah, has a little for sure. working up to do. but. He definitely yeah. has the capability to do that. Dynasty, but know, his, his dynasty value, his dynasty value has definitely shot up after this game. Um, because once you know a receiver can do it with opportunity, then they're a completely different type of asset at that point. Right. Um, now just want to touch on Devin Singletary re- real quick. You know, with this game being a blowout from the get, the backfield ended up being a bigger split. Um, this is yet another opportunity to buy Devin Singletary, but just keep in mind that our this you know, this type of disparity, like they're going to split it up between these guys, yeah. right? Devin Singletary is not going to be on the field for every play. But when the games are closer, I do expect him to be the guy. Okay, so uh, this is another opportunity to buy Devin Singletary, I think. Uh, and I would do so because I think, you know, for the most part, the Bills are going to be in relatively competitive games, right? They're not going to just blow teams out like this. Um, I, I had a buddy who was literally at the game. Maybe he's listening. Rich, he was yeah. at the game. Actually, he's in our, he's in our league. Um, you yeah. know, he, he's... Four no, I think he was he took his first L this week. Hopefully, jeez. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But he was he was at the Bills game, his first Bills game ever. Um, and like he was just like, you know, texting us while that all that was going on. It was a good good. If you're a Bills fan, like it was a good game to go to because they just destroyed the Steelers. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was destroyed. I had um I had one of my uncles who was betting on the game. He saw Pittsburgh. I think where he was betting there was a twenty point spread. He's like, yeah, hey, you can't go wrong. This is a Mike Tomlin team, you know. <laughs> no, <laughs> they they blew that out, man. He he was so upset, but uh, yeah, it was just an absolute blowout. You know, you, you want to take things away from these games, but there's not much to do. Like, you know, one team did well and the other team didn't do well. You talk about the running backs; there's not much to take away there because they were really an afterthought, for sure. Um, but speaking of the Steelers, though, uh, listen, they only scored three points, but I think we should expect much bigger things with Kenny Pick Kenny Pickett under center. Um, yeah, and you know, would you look at that? The high target share earner, uh, in Deontay Johnson ended up seeing 13 targets for a 25% target share. He went five for 60, though. Okay, George Pickens had eight targets, uh, 15% target share. He went six for 83. Chase Claypool saw nine targets, 17% target share. Uh, Pickett ended up throwing for 327 yards against the Bills. Yeah. So, in three full games, Trubisky couldn't get past 207 passing yards. Okay, so you know. Najee Harris on, you know, as at all, as expected. Uh, but mm. stay tuned for Wednesday's episode. We might have a couple buy lows from you from the Steelers offense. Okay. Yeah. We're gonna, we, but we'll, we'll save that for Wednesday's episode. Uh, but listen, can you pick it? Looking good. Yeah. And I, 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 think, I, I liked what I saw. Yeah, I did too. I, I think he can pan out. I don't expect that to happen in any of the next two weeks because they have a rough schedule. Um, obviously, this is week one of a tough three week stretch. They play Buffalo in Buffalo, then they turn around. And they're playing Tampa Bay next week. That's at home, though. And then they have the Eagles, I think. 
if that's is that is that no it's the dolphins. That, it's the dolphins okay it's dolphins okay not yeah. as bad i was about to yeah. say that's a gauntlet right there it, it, so it, it's still a pretty rough stretch because at that point you know they dolphins might have two of back but um you know, I think that Kenny Pickett has a chance to pan out when he's not in such a negative matchup like going to Buffalo, If you know, for his first start. Um, I liked what I saw. Even though it was majority garbage time production, it was still 327 yards. He can still air it out. Um, he looks to have to be giving the Steelers offense a much higher ceiling, at least the receivers. And I think you touched on that. And Najee Harris, you know, I'm not happy about Najee Harris. I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> you know? Obviously, yeah. it's, it's, it was a tough script for him, but it's not looking any better. It looks like it's going to be a pass-first pass, pass first offense with Kenny Pickett. Yeah, we'll see how that works out. Um, but stay tuned for Wednesday's episode. Uh, we have a new overall RB1 in fantasy through five weeks, and that's Austin Eckler. Nice job, Austin Eckler. He's, yeah. you know, you got to root for Austin Eckler if you're a fantasy football player because he's all about fantasy. Yeah. He loves us fantasy football players. He does things for us. When he scores a touchdown on the field, you know who he's thinking about? He's thinking about us. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, you can't say that about any other player. Most most NFL players, when they score a touchdown, they said, Oh man, I'm I'm upset because the fantasy football players are happy right now. <laughs> but Austin <laughs> yeah. Eckler, on the other hand, he's happy. Uh, but he's ball out of control right now. 20 touches yesterday for 199 yards and two touchdowns. The dude just went nuts over the past two weeks um it also looks like josh kelly has a front seat uh as the rb2 i guess he's on the passenger seat um yeah. and, and sonny michelle's in the right shotgun yeah uh, well so sonny <laughs> michelle's like kind of in the trunk um but, uh, you know he <laughs> Ke- yeah. kelly is like he it looks like he's the rb2 behind eckler we'll see if that continues to rotate we've seen that happen uh with this team uh, and also, it is worth noting here that Eckler did not end up seeing any of the three goal line snaps that they had. Um, it was Sony Michelle getting two of them and Josh mm-hmm. Kelly getting the other. Okay, so that's worth noting because, you know, Eckler is doing his thing. He's scoring touchdowns, but he's doing it outside the five yard line. All right. Yeah. yeah. With with Austin Eckler, he only had 16 carries, but he's had 173 yards on the ground. I think that was by far his most in a single game. And he's only had it three career. I think he's only had three career 100 yard games. I think I saw one of those stats somewhere. Um, but that was just like, you know, I wasn't expecting that. I thought he was going to be making his money in the passing game, but we now see that he can run it and we knew he could run it, you know, but this was, I think an outlier by all accounts, you know, as far as expectations, I don't think anyone had Austin Eckler copping a hundred yards in this game, but he did that with, he passed that test with flying colors and he's looking much more, you know, he's rewarding, uh, the fantasy managers that stuck, stuck around with him, didn't bench him, didn't get rid of him uh, in the first few weeks. It was a slow start, but he's more than. Uh, what's it called? Made up for it these past oh, two yeah. weeks. Oh, yeah. So, he, won, he basically won you your weeks the past two weeks. Yeah. That was worth it for me. Um, he's back at RB1. You know, so if you drafted him super early before all these wide receivers, right? Because that could have happened. And a lot of people were taking him over a lot of these wide receivers. Um, yeah. Myself we're back included. to see also um, that we love. <laughs> We're back to seeing it. Well, you know, and hopefully it continues, right? Um, don't expect these type of games every single week, but you know, it's looking. We're at least he, he is looking like he's not washed, at least or anything like that. He's looking like he's doing a, a lot with every touch that he gets. So that's good to see. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Yeah. Another guy who's doing a lot with every touch that he gets, Travis Etienne. Uh, he might be taking the front seat here in the Jaguars' backfield. The dude looks so explosive. And we've been talking about this all year long so far. 10 carries, 71 yards for Travis Etienne. James uh, James Robinson also saw 10 carries, but tw- 27 yards for him on the ground. Etienne also came through catching three for 43. That's 13 touches for him for 114 yards for Etienne uh, on 15 opportunities. Now, the question remains, did you sell James Robinson after week three? Right. I hope he did. I hope he did. Because if he did, you're feeling kind of good right now. Yeah, 100%. Um, James Robinson, he didn't look as explosive, you know, in the game. Travis Etienne, and we've talked about this a few times, um, he passes the eye test. <laughs> a few times. Like, the James Robinson and upper hand fantasy is becoming a meme at this point. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying. But Like, um, people who people who don't like me, they just, like, they're, they're on Sundays, they're just, like, looking at James Robinson, like, come on, man, break that 50-yard touchdown. Yeah, I just, yeah, want, yeah. This guy, I just want this guy to shut up. <laughs> yeah i hear you no and we, you've been talking about travis Etienne a lot and I, I was a little bit i was pumping the brakes a little bit on travis Etienne, and i'm still pumping the brakes a little bit you know they both did get 10 carries but we talked about this and we, i've conceded you know travis Etienne, you know he's so so explosive that if he just gets if he got a majority of the touches you know this is an every week i think low end rb1 jags offense is much better you're still splitting carries just Travis Etienne, he looks right at home with Trevor Lawrence in the backfield, you know. And it was a low-scoring game. But this is serious upside if you drafted Travis Etienne. He's finally kind of showing. Um, he's kind of producing, you know, at the level that we wanted to, him to. I think this is just the floor for him if he could get anything close to majority of the carries. And like you said, James Robinson, uh, his value is running out, you know, these past two weeks. Yeah, you know, and the real takeaway for me is that, you know, James Robinson – might not be the guy that we thought he was because he was he was scoring at a rate that was a little unsustainable, right? And that that's a real takeaway for me. It's not like you know Travis Etienne and their role, and like we've been talking about the the the, the rush share has been closing. The gap has been closing. Last week they saw the same number of carries. This week they saw the same number of carries. So it's mm-hmm. at a point where like you know the coaching staff is going to be looking at both of these guys saying, okay, who do we want on the field more? Yeah. Right. Like that's an obvious question for Doug Peterson and his staff to ask. And over the past two weeks, the answer has been Travis Etienne. That's what we're going to project. We'll see. I don't look at Travis Etienne as like somebody you have to have in your lineup or anything like that. Um, I think he's a flex play, an upside flex play, mm-hmm. um, because he's good when he does get the touches. And we'll see. Like he's still going through some growing pains. Like we saw, like the the, the drop pass on a key third down, like late in that game. Um, you know, they still end up getting that field goal, which is great. But, you know, there's, go- there's going to be some growing pains with him, and I think that's part of the reason why they had James Robinson kind of start out the year. And uh, it worked out because he, he, was, he was doing his thing. Um, however, moving forward, you know, I had James Robinson going into week five as a top 10 running back because of this matchup. Yeah. Uh, but he didn't come through, right? Most running backs do come through against the Texans, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's not a great sign for him um and uh, you know etn was able to come through and we'll see how this backfield shapes up moving forward Uh, right now i I can't say with certainty who's going to get more carries in week six i can't you know and before and coming into week five to be honest if i had to guess i would have guessed james robinson right yeah Uh, but that's just not what happened this week so we'll see this backfield is definitely uh taking a new shape going into week six just a minor takeaway too from this you know 
the Jaguars played Houston and they lost in a Colts Broncos esque game. Aside from the <laughs> touchdown at the end of Houston, you know, we said about two weeks ago, maybe like maybe these aren't the same old Jags. They're looking a little bit like it again. <laughs> you know no, what I'm no. saying? It's, and that it starts and ends with Trevor Lawrence. You know, I think that's where um, the issue has been. He's turned the ball over, I think, seven times in the past two games after turning it over yeah. once in the first three. Um, so if Trevor Lawrence can write the ship, you know, I think this offense as a whole has much higher upside. But we saw possibly for a few weeks, Christian Kirk has cooled down, especially after the first few weeks. But, um, you know, I have my eyes on Trevor Lawrence. If he can't get it together, um, it's kind of really a death sentence for this for these uh, players on the Jags offense. That's a great point. That's a great point. And I think he deserves to be called out at this point. I mean, I don't, I don't think anyone is really talking negatively uh, about Trevor Lawrence because he's everyone with Cinderella, you know? And uh, yeah. it seems to me like, you know, you got to take some accountability. And a lot of the blame does end up, you know, following his shoulders. Because I don't think this was a huge, like an extremely tough matchup, you know, going up against It was a winnable game the whole time. 100%. Yeah. Uh, so David Montgomery, he ended up, picking up where he left off in terms of playing time he was on the field for 72 percent of snaps 70 he got 75 percent of the running back rushing share uh so it looks like he's still the guy you know despite herbert yeah. looking good this season despite herbert looking good in his absence montgomery's the dude he got placed right back into his old role yeah and i actually was that was one of my takeaways that i saw too um you know clear herbert he did have that success and i was questioning you know oh maybe he'll have a little bit of a workload uh, a little bit higher workload since, you know, he did so well in relief of David Montgomery, but you just said it, you know, his usage and his, his snap share went right back to what it was when David Montgomery was on the field before. And um, he's just a handcuff. That's all he is. He's a very good handcuff. Um, you don't have to worry about, you don't have to think about, Oh, should I start Khalil Herbert this week over my RB two? Um, I wouldn't start him with confidence. I wouldn't even start him at flex. I, like I said, he's a, he's a handcuff for me. He's a very good one, but that's kind of where his value ends. Agreed. The highest scoring offense in the NFL coming into week five got shut out by the Patriots 29 to zero uh, with Bailey Zapp, Zappy. Yeah. Zapp, e, Zapp just rolls off the tongue better. It's just it me, does. But, I think know. it's Zappy, though. Yeah, um, Zappy. <laughs> Bill Belichick, man, unbelievable. You know, we already spoke about Ramondre, uh, but that Lions offense couldn't get anything going. Uh, Amara St. Brown, he didn't come through for you for fantasy. His playing time was, in fact, limited because of that ankle injury. He only ran around 40% of dropbacks. Uh, he still had six targets, though, yeah, uh, which is crazy. But the Lions do have a bye this week coming up, uh, and he'll likely be back at full strength uh, in Week 7. Same thing with DeAndre Swift. The Patriots yeah. straight up took away TJ Hawkinson, dude. Like, after going ape shit last week, he caught one pass for six yards. Yeah, that's what I was actually just looking at, you know, looking at the numbers. You see, it's very TJ Hawkinson-esque of what we've seen <laughs> before last week's, you know, massive performance. Um, also, Josh Reynolds, you know, he actually got it done decently for he did. You know, of all of all players to get it done, even with the Monroe St. Brown play, you know, Josh Reynolds turned in another solid performance. Um, you know, he, he might be a, a decent start, you know, moving forward. As a flex, I like him. Um, if the offense can look better than it did, obviously, yesterday, he, he did – produce you know despite zero points on the board so that's kind of encouraging for me if i had josh rounds if i picked him up on the waivers you might have a little bit more value than you bargained for um heading into the next few weeks yeah and we'll talk about him on wednesday but i think he's a sell at this point but i'm around st brown you know he, he he didn't really play um in this game so like he, he was yeah. really dependent on so I, I don't know how much we can depend on him when i'm St. brown is fully healthy but mm -hmm. i would not drop him right now i, you know, I don't want to 
the reason I didn't call it, I would say he's a sell, but I don't think anyone's going to buy Josh Reynolds. You know, they're going to be like, oh, I think, I think you can, but you can sell him. Like, and like these type of players, these type of fringe players, you know, who has, per, who have performed over like the last couple of weeks, what I like to do is that he's the add on, he is the cherry on top of, of a two for one type of deal. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, he's not going to, he's never going to be the main, main piece, but he can be the side on the side. He can be the, the side that you yeah. put on top of a deal. Um, that's kind of how I like. I guess that's where you can find his value. Yeah. 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 Not, but, but as, as for a one for one, though, you're not going to get much for sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, in all honesty, we all know you probably picked him up off the waivers two weeks ago or a week yeah. ago. You know, um, if you could get any type of value like that for him, you know, that's a win. Anything. Uh, Geno Smith, man, 268 passing yards, three touchdowns, no picks against a good Saints defense in New Orleans. He's a yeah. QB one at this point, fantasy QB one. Um, he's been great this year. Unbelievable. Like it's not something I saw coming, especially going into this week. No, I don't think anybody saw this coming. You know, it's pretty hilarious the way that he just continues to produce. And, you know, like every time he throws a touchdown, I find myself laughing because it's like nobody saw this coming. This might be one of the biggest, you know, surprises for fantasy football, I think in a long time, you know, there's breakouts and there's, you know, players coming on young guys coming on. Geno Smith just came way out of left field here, and he's producing very well. And enough, you know, like I said, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf can be supported. Um, I'm starting Geno Smith every week yeah. you know, if I have him. There's no reason not to. And if you have him as a super flex QB, imagine like you drafted like a Justin Herbert or a high-end QB, and then you picked up Geno Smith as a as a, like a dart throw, and now he's producing like this for it. You probably won most, if, if not all of your games. Um, there's not much else to say at this point. You know, Geno Smith looks like, you know, it's weird, the real deal. Um, do you think the Seahawks will be looking for a quarterback, you know, come draft time? This is just a side, a side, uh, what's it called, side conversation, but it's interesting. It's worth wondering, you know, Geno Smith could be a guy or at least a very, very solid bridge guy. I think so, man. Uh, and, you know, we'll see if that's what he is. Listen, he was drafted by the Jets and yeah. the Jets are known to ruin quarterbacks. So, you know, maybe he had that resurgence. He definitely needed several years to recover from that experience. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. you know, listen, and maybe, you know, Pete Carroll was able to, maybe Pete Carroll was able to elevate him, elevated Russell Wilson. You know what I yeah. mean? Whoa. Yeah. What a <laughs> statement, huh? Yeah. From this guy, the guy who's been saying that Pete Carroll has been limiting Russell Wilson his entire career. Mm. Wow. Oh my goodness. Where, and, and, where 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 have we come? Yeah. No, where are we? <laughs> it's funny because the comparisons will never stop now between Geno Smith and Russell Wilson as long as Russell Wilson's playing bad. Because if you fl- if you showed each of their stat lines, you know, this season to us before the season, you said whose stat line is whose. Yeah. Everyone would have looked at Geno Smith and be like, oh, yeah, that's, that, that's Russell Wilson. And then they looked at Russell Wilson and be like, oh, yeah, that's Geno Smith. Like, yeah, for sure. It's just it's an added layer of irony. You know, not just for fantasy football, but just in general. You know, Geno Smith <laughs> looks like Russell Wilson. It's hilarious. It's so true. It's so true, man. But look at Tyler Lockett, man. Look at you, Tyler Lockett. Five for 104, yeah. two touchdowns. Now the overall wide receiver seven on the year. DK Metcalf, five for 88 and a touchdown. Now, since the Seahawks started to play fast in week three, Tyler Lockett, uh, the overall wide receiver four in that mm-hmm. three-game span, Metcalf, the overall wide receiver five in that three-game span, and Geno Smith, overall QB two in that three-game span. Unbelievable. Yeah, that that's is good. That's good. 
That's crazy. awesome. <laughs> makes you smile. <laughs> makes it, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, and I'm always rooting for Gino, you know. Yeah. And and this is uh, this is awesome. Um, we we spoke about Drake London last week potentially being a trap, right? Coming into that game, and that's how it played out. Only four catches for 35 yards. Oh, and by the way, like you can blame some of that on Arthur Smith. Uh, it's hard enough to be Drake London, but it's harder if you're only going to run a route on 65% of dropbacks. Yeah. The number one wide receiver running a route on 65% of dropbacks. Make it make sense. If you want to blame them losing that game on the on that penalty at the end, you could do that. But yeah. how, Or you can blame Arthur Smith for not putting his best playmaker with Coppins out. He's out. He's not even playing. Why yeah. are you putting your number one wide receiver on the on the bench on the sidelines when you're passing the ball? Makes no <laughs> sense. That's what I was gonna say. You know, because Kyle Pitts wasn't around to get the doghouse treatment, he had to go. All right, who's next to get the doghouse treatment? Drake London, our crazy. next best playmaker. Yeah, let's not get him the ball either. It, it's just super disappointing. I don't know what's going on with the coaching staff down there, um, or just the game planning in general. Um, they're finding ways to actively avoid their playmakers and that is just if you're not just for fantasy football you know we're sitting here complaining about it about it because these guys are putting up you know like donuts really low fantasy production for us but even just you know i, I gotta wonder what falcons fans are thinking you know imagine not using both of the guys they spent a first round pick he was a top drafted receiver and he's running 65 percent of um dropbacks like that it makes no sense and it's just insane <laughs> there's not much else to say it's just coaching holding them back and until something changes with that like you can't really project that for fantasy is he going to be even in the game you know it's not <laughs> the player's fault it's so difficult it sucks dude all right staying in that same game uh Leonard Fournette bounced back in a big way 24 opportunities 14 carries 10 catches two touchdowns yeah I, I think something that's understated here uh despite Fournette's huge fantasy day Rashad White Pretty involved. Uh, Fournette was on the field for 62% of snaps. That's not terrible. Uh, he ran around on 53% of dropbacks. Not terrible. Mm -hmm. uh, but White himself, he ran around on 42% of dropbacks, I think, which is significant, uh, at least to the point where Fournette's been taken off the field in a lot of those situations. Uh, however, he was being targeted, at a, you know, Fournette was being targeted at a very high rate per route run. Um, so that's good. But overall, you know, White only saw nine opportunities. Nothing too crazy there, but it is somewhat significant because this is not what you know what was going on the first four weeks of the season or at least the first three weeks of the season yeah. um so listen just keep this in mind going forward please don't let Rashad White sit on the waiver wire he's still not rostered in enough leagues okay yeah you can drop Chase Evans pick him up you can drop you know who else um Elijah Moore pick him up drop Allen Robinson pick him up um mm -hmm. you know I, I'm I'm still starting Fournette as like a high-end RB2 you know, because this game is what I was expecting, you yeah. know, through these five first five games. And like, honestly, I was expecting like mid RB one numbers from Leonard Fournette. Um, and we finally saw it happen. Uh, but the share is very interesting to me. Uh, how are you feeling about this situation? For me personally, it's Leonard Fournette in the backfield. You know, I, and I'm not saying Rashad White didn't look good, but I think he's still just a handcuff. You know, I think you kind of have him as a one B to Leonard Fournette's one A. I don't think that's the case at all. Um, and I don't want to devalue. I don't want anyone to think that I'm like crapping on Rashad White and saying that you shouldn't pick him up. He should be stashed because, like we said, he does have the receiving chops. We saw last week, you know, when he gets the workload, he can do it. He can get it done. But unless Fournette isn't suiting up and playing games, I, I there's no reason for White to be worrying you if you're a Fournette owner. Um, Fournette had 11 targets to Rashad White's four. And, you know, you said they run a lot of routes. It seems like Brady's a lot happier throwing it to Fournette than White. Um, 
he was a carry short of tripling White's rushing volume on the day. He was worlds more productive. Um, and we've been talking about it for a while on the podcast. You know, the, the, the volume has been there. The production just hasn't been there. The production finally caught up with the volume, just like we've been saying. And he came through for fantasy managers with a big game on a day where the Buccaneers offense, it wasn't even that good. Um, I'm starting with confidence. I'm starting him with confidence week in, week out. I know you said you have him as like, what, a high-end RB2? I think he's a strong RB1 based on his usage. And, you know, I like the offense that he's in. He's clearly a big part. This is a game I was waiting for. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see another really strong performance. Might not be 35 points, but I'm happy. I, I think he breaks 20 points pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, if we see this Fournette and if we see this offense every single week, he is a high-end RB1. He's like a top three running back if he saw this type of opportunity. I just don't know that he sees this type of opportunity every single week. He ran 28 routes, and he was targeted on 10 of them, <laughs> which means he was think, targeted. No, he had 10 targeted. catches. I think he missed. I think it was like 11. Okay. Okay, so 11 oh targets. God. That means he was targeted on 37%. Of his routes, which is mm-hmm. not sustainable. That's not what oh, no. you see for, for, for running backs. Um, and that, you know, we need to see his route. If we're going to continue to see him getting high-end targets like that, he's going to have to run at least 65%, um, you know, of a route on 65% of dropbacks. And that number isn't there right now. So I think that the amount of targets that he got on on, a, on when he was on the field is a little bit higher than what we're going to get on a normal basis. So yeah. I, do, I do think that Fournette, I think his value, despite him getting all the touches in this game, I think his value is less. Well, his perceived value is more now, but I think his actual yeah. value is less now than it was in week two, going into week two, going into week three, going in, and then going into week four. And the week four, we saw Rashad White get get on the field. Week mm-hmm. five, Rashad White's on the field. So I think his actual value is lower now than it was a couple weeks ago. Now, if the offense continues to improve, which I think it has, Leonard Fournette is going to get those goal line opportunities. He's going to be getting touchdowns, and that's what's going to really keep him elevated there. Uh, but I, yeah. I want to see his overall snaps go up a little bit. I do want to see his routes go up a little bit before I put him uh, you know, in my RB1 ranks. Now, if I'm looking at all my RB1s here, top 12 guys, you know, I can see him fitting in as a low-end RB1. I can see it. Um, but this isn't ideal. And I'm hoping that Rashad White, Rashad White is a talented guy, right? It's not like yeah. he's fighting with Rojo anymore. It's not like he's fighting with, you know, Gio Bernard anymore, right? Like Rashad White is a good running back. So, you know, I, I don't necessarily even think that this is a situation where Fournette is going to hold Rashad White down to this snap percentage all year long. We could see it change a little bit, you know, if if the efficiency numbers aren't there for Fournette. Um, so there's a running back now who, you know, I don't. I never saw Rashad White winning the job outright over Fournette. I, that, that ain't gonna happen unless Fournette just really, really shits the bed. But right now, I think Fournette, you know, is an every week start, no doubt about it. But you know, I'm I'm a little, I'm not as happy as I would have been, you know, without Rashad White, you know, getting this many snaps. If that makes sense. Uh, that's fair. You know, you can pump the brakes. I, I'm a Fournette guy. So, and I know you're a Rashad White guy. I was guy. a Fournette guy. You had, him, you, had a... him, you you had Rashad White White ranked. Pretty darn high in your rookie in the rookie kit. I oh, I love Rashad White. I think he's yeah. one of the best backs in this draft, especially in the passing game. Um, I think and I was a little biased there, but yeah. <laughs> listen, I have Rashad, I have I have Leonard Fournette 
in a lot of leagues because I loved his price. I loved where he was going in drafts. It was like literally yeah. Saquon or Fournette for me in the third round of drafts. Like those were like the guys. Like Connor was initially like early on in the offseason. And then I switched it up to Fournette and uh and and Barkley because of um what I saw in the preseason and what the all the reports were of them getting all the work. Yeah. Um but yeah so like you know I, I love what Fortnite won me my games, <laughs> you know, this yeah. week. I'm just yeah. hoping that it can continue to happen. Um, so we're already kind of past our time here. I just want to run through a few of these things real quick. Uh, you know, just a few things, a few notes uh, before we wrap up. Number one, Washington's backfield. Uh, you know, Brian Robinson came back. He came out to many men. What a scene. Amazing. Yeah. Loved it. Um, but he outcarried Gibson nine to three despite Gibson starting the game. Uh, J.D. McKissick's role didn't change at all as a passing down back. He ended up seeing most of the snaps because his role didn't change. Uh, but going forward, you cannot start Antonio Gibson. Uh, he lost some of his short yardage snaps to Robinson as well. He's going to go straight to your bench. So Robinson, he's the guy that I would roster at this point over Antonio Gibson. Uh, yeah. De'Ami Brown had a big game in this one. I wouldn't be adding him. He only ran 16 routes in this game. Good for him. Good game, but don't pick him up. Too bad Terry McLaurin couldn't go ham in this one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Um, you think it was a good call to sell Miles Sanders last week? Yeah, and we yeah. talked about it at length. Yeah, you definitely. did. You did. That was that was mostly your call. Nice yeah. job on that one. Um, let's see. Let's see if there's anything else. Bengals Ravens a little bit disappointing game last night. No really big fantasy days there. Mm-hmm. You're happy for Mark if you started Mark Andrews, which you did. If you had him, if you started Hayden Hurst, if you didn't have a tight end, he worked out. But that's about it. Zach Taylor, man. He needs to be held accountable here. Like the dude has been terrible this year, you know, just scheming these guys up. He needs to scheme up Jamar Chase even better. T. Higgins, by the way, if you don't know what happened with him, he only ran seven routes. Apparently, that ankle injury was way more serious than we thought coming into this game. So that's mm-hmm. a bummer. He gave you a donut on a Sunday night. Imagine coming into that game with T. Higgins, prime time. You only need a few points to win your matchup. Ravens coming in, giving up the most fantasy points to wide receivers. And then T. Higgins literally on the sideline all game long with that yeah. existing injury. Time to Terrible. fire up Mac Hollins. Terrible. <laughs> you didn't start, oh, you know what I'm saying? He's playing tonight. <laughs> Terrible, dude. Um, but yeah, one more thing. We talked, we spoke about this last week with J.K. Dobbins being a sell. And I think that was the right move if he did. Because J.K. Dobbins, he split with Justin Hill, Justice Hill last week. Justice Hill was out this week. What did the Ravens do? They let Kenyon Drake play one more snap than Dobbins. Yeah. Uh Dobbins had eight carries. Drake had four. We are not going to see jk dobbins upside this year if they're going to allow Kenyon drake to split with him dobbins touch and a snap count is going to be continued to be limited unfortunately yeah. all right good. that's that's going to do it for this episode sorry zach i couldn't let you rebuttal any of, i think you agree with a lot of stuff that i just said though yeah um, we're on that, the, the last rapid fire stuff yeah definitely yeah especially exactly. when you said i was right about miles sanders love that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate everyone who listened to the podcast if you can rate and review the podcast just take 30 seconds out of your day to rate and review that would mean the world to us either on spotify or on apple podcast we appreciate you guys zach love talking to you brother we'll see everybody soon uh we'll be back tomorrow for the wave wire show 9 a.m eastern time live on youtube or you can listen, just listen to it on the podcast later peace yep.